Uh, you chuglers know that I traipse all over the world and find myself in all sorts of hijinks and eh, usually you're the, the rather fun variety, the ones I talk about anyway. Who wants to talk about the downers, right? And I also talk about all the great things about living here in Canada and particularly here in Vancouver and how I'm uh, proud to be a part of the community here that's working so hard to liberalize things but not always successful. But it ain't all gravy up here, I tell you what. Canada's got his own problems. You've heard of Guantanamo Bay? Yes, down in Cuba. Well, it's not quite the same here, but there's some shocking similarities which we'll discuss on this hard tokes edition of Chugalon with Uncle Weed. Well, the stories and the legends of you run deep and long, my friend. Herbie, you've had yourself a kind of an interesting situation the last uh, few months, eh? Yeah, man. I had a few problems with that garden that you came and visited. <laughs> so not long after Dauphine and I paid a visit, um, and this is, this is a merely coincidence because there is extenuating circumstances, but uh, there was an unfortunate situation where you were ratted out and... Uh, and long story short, you went through the, the legal proceedings and because uh, your, your career has been colorful and, and, and vast, they threw the book at you and instead of spending your summer weekends at Wreck Beach like you would usually be doing, you're spending 30 weekends in jail. And we're talking about a garden that's, I mean, we're not talking about a big commercial garden. 30 weekends for that? Yeah, the garden was only two lights when they came in. There were 85 plants according to their books. Mm-hmm according to the police report. And they wound up giving me 30 weekends, but they actually take 10 off for good time, for, for good behavior. For, for having a good time? Yeah, for having a good time. <laughs> now, if you have a good time, they add those weekends back on. <laughs> Some of the guys, even if they're two hours late, they get an extra weekend. Or uh, else, just don't show up, you still get the same extra weekend. But it's, it's not like a weekend in a, in a club fed like you've read about that some of these federal prisoners get because they get, you know, everything from TV to conjugal visits with their wives. To, right, right. That's always what uh, you think. If I get busted, it's not that big of a deal. It's one of these white-collar, exactly. chill kind of prisons. As a matter of fact, the, not that the any Growbusters had actually shut down a garden of mine um, which was about twice the size of that, about five years before, and they told me that if I would do it again, all they'd do is close it down, they wouldn't arrest me. But they lied because they arrested me and treated me very mean the first day, uh, putting me in a paddy wagon for three hours and in a jail cell for about five hours. And they went into the house where I wasn't there. I was in a vehicle, so I got an easy arrest. My friend who, who had the house had guns and the whole thing all over him, and it was very stressful. And then they... they found out that there was only this little garden in there. But nothing like that was in the police report. It made it sound like we'd been doing it for a year and my friend had only been in there since, like, for a few months. And, oh. and we'd only been doing the garden in there for, for like, two months. And So they hype so it, it up so they don't look like they're, that, like they're low, well, low budget. You know, they want to hype it up. Budget's the word. It's got to do with increasing their budget for next year. Every little guy they can get, they're going to make them look like a big, big, big deal. Big time operator. And then every single one of them, according to my lawyer, was is now being, they demand 
jail time for anybody growing anything. And when they find you guilty, they don't they restrict you from weapons, which I've never had a problem with <laughs> weapons. So I'm restricted from from automatic weapons for the rest of my life and any weapon for 10 years if I get caught with a weapon, like maybe who knows, maybe a kitchen knife, I can get <laughs> I can get 10 years in jail right instantly or 2 years right away for for just being near a weapon. So this is ridiculous because I've never had a weapons charge, I've never had a violence charge, I've never had anything. But now just because it was two lights with a few pot plants, I'm on probation, I can't drink alcohol. I mean, what's that got to do with it? I've never had an alcohol <laughs> problem. And then they put me in this, this uh, weekend facility, which is actually in this jail that I'm going into, it's the hole, the digger, the, the solitary confinement situation, except it's not solitary. I sleep on the floor usually on a little thin mattress while the other guy sleeps on the, on, on the, the steel bunk in his thin mattress. And we don't get any exercise at all except for one hour out of the 48 hours. And we're supposed to be outside, so they consider that to be out of the cell, so they let us walk the hall. I don't get to see what the weather's like. I don't get to breathe fresh air. As a matter of fact, it's air-conditioned and cold in there. And, and they just give you a t-shirt and a sweatpants and no sweatshirt, not enough blankets, no warmth, a light burning all day and all night in the cell and no room for exercise. There's only a toilet and, you, and so you gotta turn your head and cover your head with a blanket while the other guy goes to the bathroom. I mean, it's so, so let me get this straight. Instead of taking you, who's a, clearly a low-risk, non-violent offender, never had a problem with violence, alcohol, disturbing the peace, the only problem is that you had a two-light grow operation. Instead of taking that and saying, well, he's clearly not a harmful character, let's put him in this minimum security thing where they can normalize and interact and give them space to be human beings and keep the rapists and the property crime and the, and the harsh, violent criminals. We'll keep them in the crappy situation. Instead, they flip-flop that yeah. and put general population up there in the you know regular prison. They put you basically in the hole where the where the, the general population goes to be punished, and they put you guys, the least risky guys, in there for the whole weekend, basically just warehousing you. Is that correct? That's right. From from Friday Friday night till Sunday night, um, warehousing is an av- is a very good good word, an accurate word. There, it's um, I would say at one point they may as well just have hooks on the wall and hang us up on the hooks and let us go forty eight hours later because, you know, they don't want to do anything. Put an IV drip and a catheter bag on you and just hang you up on the wall. Like say somebody upstairs knifes another guy. Well, then he goes down to where we are, the hole. And and we are considered the low risk or else the judges wouldn't give us the weekends because it's up to our... To ourselves to come in and out of the place. I mean, to arrive and you just, you just show up. There's exactly. nothing there. You're not wearing one of these electronic surveillance. No, no leash, there's no, yeah. Like there's that. no no uh, radio frequency ID chip implanted not in you. That, that I'm just... aware of. <laughs> but but um, basically, they just want us to sleep. So I've developed this kind of sleeping pattern now. Forty hours or so a weekend of sleeping, and then it just completely disturbs my whole week. I I, I can't get back to a normal situation. I would consider this to be the worst time of my life, even though I have served about seven sentences before for marijuana in the past, which is why they did give me this extra time. But uh-huh. I am in with really violent guys that, 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 or, or people that are, that are continuously driving without a license or whatever. Those are the guys that are getting weekends as well. What do they get? Five weekends, four weekends, um, you know, assault causing bodily harm, six weekends. I mean, I get, I get 30. I mean, it's beyond belief. It's just a totally tilted justice system and justice is just us it's got nothing to do with the judges or the cops or the lawyers or anybody because there there's injustice there but 
I'm in a position where I can't do anything about it other than grumble. Um, I've got to try to sleep. I don't eat their food at all anymore. Actually, I I was cold last weekend because it was raining outside and it was air-conditioned, so I actually ate a piece of ham. I got sick. Half the guys got sick. They were saying they thought this ham was off or tainted, and I think they were right. And so I'm not eating anything in there. I haven't been most of the time. And it's good because I was a little overweight, and so I'm getting my rest. And I'm well, it's not really the way you want to lose weight when no. you're allowed no exercise except for walk in the hall, no outdoor time, in a cold room. And I know how horrible that is when you're in there in just a, a t-shirt and uh, you can't get comfortable. The, the lights, I mean, it's just it's just intolerable. No, yeah, Are you going to allow a sleeping mask or no, a towel like or anything that. like that? They give you a towel, but I'm using it yeah. for my pillow because they don't yeah, give yeah. you a pillow. And so, and so you're on this on this little thin mattress on the on the floor, no pillow. No television. The only books that they have are like Louis Lemours and other things that are that are um, um, rejects from any bookstore. And nobody would pay twenty cents for these awful low oh, ed- low geez. education type books. They're just lousy. So most of the time, I'm using a book as a prop for my towel and my sheet for my pillow. They do give me a pillowcase, so I've figured out how to tie it in a knot and at least make a kind of a hard pillow. It's definitely uncomfortable. Now, some of my friends say, well, you're not supposed to make the jail people feel comfortable, you know. Yeah, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. The guys upstairs who are in there for a lot heavier stuff and maybe for a year or whatever, they get TV. They get to do some sort of, of activity or job or something to keep their time going. They get pens and paper. They get visitors, phone calls, all this. I don't get any of that. No and pens and paper. You can't no, even be keeping a journal. No, I could stick you, this pen through my throat or kill somebody, you know. Oh. Uh, and and so um, no, it's just this this uh, minimal minimal situation, and there's nothing I can really do about it except say, hey, I'm in Guantanamo North, mm-hmm. you know. Well, let's back up to your trial, if you don't mind, mm-hmm. for a second, and uh, explain to me a little bit about how the, uh, the 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 due process worked going through the courts. Um, what kind of representation were you appointed crown counsel? Did no. you have your own lawyer? Did you represent yourself? What kind of how were you treated during the trial? And can you take me through that a little bit? Well, you know, I was go- I was thinking of representing myself. I w- first of all, there's a police report that you receive, and there's this yellow sheet of paper that says they want jail time, and that's all. There is no, they're not going to back down. And so um, I was going to represent myself and just say I'm guilty. Let's go for it. Boom. And I, I was thinking I was going to get a fine, but when it said jail time, I went, Oh no, I can't do this. So I went for a lawyer. And I went for a low-budget lawyer, and that's kind of maybe why I got such a bad uh, sentence, too. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's, a, he's a nice guy, but um, he knew the Crown. Uh, we used to work in his office, and I think he actually yeah, no. worked for the Crown more than me. Um, it was my mistake. I paid $1,500 altogether, and that's what if some of the guys in there are saying, well, had you paid five or 10000 then you might not have got it in jail time. You would have got a fine, like their friends that they all know who did recently get fines. Right. So it's either you have the money. Of course, they took the plants just before uh, they were be, about to be harvested, so I had no <laughs> money. All, all <laughs> That's the an income detriment there. Yeah. You know, what was interesting was when, when, they, when they arrested me, though, when they took everything, they took only the plants and they left all the, the lights, the, everything, everything intact, the ballasts and everything. So uh, it's almost like an invitation to go do it again so they can bust you again, you know? I don't mm-hmm. understand. But um, uh, I went to about... Uh, five or six court appearances over a few months and, and just, you know, postponing it and postponing it for what my lawyer said would be the right, agreeable judge that would give me the best sentence or whatever. Well, it turns out this guy wound up giving me the maximum number of weekends anyway. Oh, nice. And I was kind of forced to agree to weekends because I was told I'd either get six months of weekends or six months solid time. So 
what you know like oh, I didn't geez. really want solid time I got I got a life to live I got I got a bunch of expenses to pay and and uh, other aspects of life that I could not just abandon instantly like that so so my choice was weekends and so now I'm now I'm regretting it but but you process I wouldn't really call it that but I would anyway that's what they call it and it was um um you know, sit and stand in front of a judge, and he basically uh, looks at your sentence and says, "Oh, well, this goes all the way back to this. Oh my gosh! Well, we're going to have to uh, take a DNA sample, and we're going to have to to restrict him, put him on probation, stop him from doing all this stuff, put him through drug counseling, all this stuff." And really, I mean, in 15 years, I hadn't had one problem. So you know, it should be just looked at as, "Oh, well, maybe he just needed little little smoke or money or something, and then we'll just be." Be kind to him. Uh, see if he screws up again. Then we'll throw him the book at him instead of throwing the book right then. But I understand that the DEA and the American government are putting pressure on the Canadians. So now, now you know uh, Harper loves to kiss kiss all those asses. And so um, I think that basically the uh, Canadians are forced now. The Canadian justice system is forced to bend to the American system so they can say, "Oh yeah, we've 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 stopped this uh, growing problem here." And uh, Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to change. It's going to get worse as time goes on until we get rid of that Harper as our prime minister. You know, um, I'm very disappointed in in the Canadian politics how they have tricked us so many times, saying, "Oh, we're just about to legalize it. Oh, we're going to decriminalize it. Oh, marijuana is non-harmful. Oh, here's some licenses and all this stuff." But if, when it when it comes down to it, they're 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 getting worse. It's becoming America. Mm-hmm. And on a provincial level or a city level, things aren't really helping out either. We don't have that rational voice in city hall to to sort of bring it down a notch. And so we're we're faced with non-violent people like you spending taxpayers' money going by going through the process by them putting you through the process and being warehoused in there, which is doing you no good, not good for your health, not any kind of rehabilitation, not any kind of interaction. That if you were a an armory fella, as a as a Canadian, I'd want the people in there to be rehabilitated rather than just sit put there in a cage, right. which is just going to bring out those violent and antisocial tendencies, and they're going to be released being more angry at the system rather than understand what it takes to be a responsible person. It seems to me, but right. all I can say for you, for you, my friend, is geez, I'm, I, it, it pains me to see you going through this, but it also um, is inspiring to see you bopping down the sidewalk with a big old grin and, and a tan. Uh, looking like you got back from vacation, and uh, you're looking like Mr. Nice himself, <laughs> man, is all I can say, brother. Well, well, you know, I can't see how this this incarceration that they're giving to me and all these others is benefiting anyone at all. There's no benefit to society. There's no benefit to my family. There's no benefit to me. There's no benefit to the guards, except maybe they got a little bit of extra work, so they got some money. But I just can't see how it benefits anyone or anything at all in any way. It's like this real airhead who who came up with this idea, whoever it was, really never looked at it properly. Because I, had I been told, okay, you got to pay a $5,000 fine over the next year, I would have said, okay, well, I'll have to do that. And that money would have gone into the system instead of this what what's happening now. So... It's just, it's very frustrating. Uh, it makes me just want to leave this country and move to another place. Even though they say other places are worse, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, well, anyway, don't you guys give up. I hear that there, I, I found out from one of the guys, one of my cellmates one time, 
uh, he said that he's looking into bringing in LED lights and, and uh, um, a whole container load of them. He's an electrician, and, and he says that's the future for pipe growing. They won't be able to detect it from electrical use. Mm-hmm. They won't be able to detect it by heat. And the, you don't need to throw out your bulb every few, every few crops because, because the LED is a chemical reaction that just so that it's always as bright as, as it was from the first day that you used it. And so you just have to buy one set, and that's it. So that's the future. So, you know, this, I'm, so I'm unfortunately at, at the cusp of the past. And, <laughs> and, and once, once the past is gone, the future will, will, will come, and they won't be able to find these plants. They won't, they won't be able to find the growers. It doesn't matter if it's legal or illegal by then because people will have them everywhere. Well, a friend of mine just showed me a little LED um, sunflower that he was growing, and it grows very well under that. So oh. that's, a good, that's a good hint, you guys. Switch over to LED now. <laughs> There you go. Future prognosis <laughs> by, by the wise and noble Herbie. I think it was, I think it was Frank Zapp, and I think he meant it about the U.S., but I think it applies in this case that we're a land of laws poorly written and randomly enforced. So with exactly. that... Oh, one more thing. Oh. There was something else that Frank Zappa did. He wrote, I am the slime oozing out of your TV set. So remember that. There's a lot of slime coming out of that thing. <laughs> including Harper. You'll see him in there. (laughs) Beware the boogeyman. (laughs) Enjoy. That's been Hard Choke, and I hope you have a few of them. (laughs) Hint, hint, wink, wink. We're out from Vancouver. Nudge, nudge. (laughs) You've been shooting along with Uncle Reed's Wild Hikes. Somebody to hug. <laughs>